When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I love Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for your Boston Celtics starting up on Monday, Media Day. Woohoo! John, finally. It's about damn time, you right? You know man? how I Let's just hate that last six weeks of the offseason. It just makes me bananas every year. It's such a grind. Probably the most successful I ever was at getting through that time frame was I interviewed. A whole bunch of people, you know, I think Nick Gelso was one, Jeff Clark was one, um, several others. I think uh, Danger Cart, Ryan Bernadoni, I think Sam Sheehan. But I just did this like little series and just talked to people not so much about Celtics, but just about, you know, their lives and things like that and or maybe tips, you know, that they would have for people out there. You know, I can't remember what it was. Exactly. But I remember that was the most successful time I had getting through the off season was just coming up with some way to keep me entertained with really just not a whole lot to talk about or these recurring themes. And guess what? This is the last show for the next, what, nine months, hopefully more, you know, where we will have that problem every week. From here on out, you and I will have new material, new things to talk about, games to have watched, and we've been really anticipating uh, this new era of this team and getting a normal, regular season start. There's going to be fans in the stands. I realize that life is not quite back to normal, but the NBA season is at least back to normal, and there is as close to a sense of normalcy as we've had, you know, for quite some time as Celtics fans. So I'm going to celebrate that. I'm going to celebrate that right now. And uh, I'm looking forward to all of the fluff that's going to come out (laughs) over the next five weeks until we start playing real games. Yeah, no, it's, it's going to be exciting. And, you know, we're like, I think, from when we're recording this here, it's about 10 days until the first uh, preseason game uh, approximately. So that's, that's to me, 
like the the little snippets and the little communications and the little you know videos you see around training camp. It's it's like it's thirst. It's a little something, but when you finally see that first you know preseason game, that's like ah, okay. Now I have basketball to digest and consume and make wild overreactive uh, <laughs> you know comments about you know oh this guy oh this guy's gonna be great or this guy's gonna and trash eighty two yeah, and zero. And the thing, well, 82 and 0, but it's, it's the real season. That's the, it's like, you know, but it's preseason, and so you love it, and and everyone gets in, and that's fun, and uh, I, I love, I love exhibition, I love for preseason, whatever you want to call it. I I chew it up because, you know, we're so thirsty and hungry for basketball, um, to be able to just kind of be like, okay. Great. Now I have something to talk about. So it, it's it's nice, and, and it will it will tide me over because we've gone so long without it to this next ten days. But truthfully, that preseason game is when I feel like okay, now we're now we're really in the home stretch here, and so it's I I can't wait. I really can't. But um, it's it, that preseason game is the one that really kind of tips me over the edge. So uh, it, it's exciting here, and and you know as we enter. Enter into this, you know, media day and all that. There's with all this stuff going on around the league. There's still some intrigue that mm-hmm. kind of talks on the on the outside. We talk about the Carl Anthony Towns and the Ben Simmonses and all this other stuff. That you know, the the Bradley Beals and the and Damian Lillard, all that, that stuff happening around us. And you know, but it, when you get to the core of what we have here in Boston kind of an exciting, interesting team, kind of a dark horsey group that I think, you know, some people are starting to come around on, uh, you know, and, and I think that's that's a good thing. I think you want to be somebody who's under the radar and, and could maybe exceed expectations for once. That would be a cool new thing for the Celtics. <laughs> new thing for a while, anyway. Maybe a new thing <laughs> since the Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder days, that's for sure. But remember how much we enjoyed that. So um, I think from here on out, I'm just going to set the bar super low for this team so that I can always be, oh, look at those underdogs. I mean, you know, two all-stars that are in their primes, you know, but, geez, they just seem like they're never going to do it. Like, whatever I got to do to trick myself out of the disappointment that was the Gordon Hayward injury and everything that ensued after that, because you remember heading into that, we were like, how can this go wrong? I don't see how this can – this is – this is amazing. I mean, all of the the hype and the pump, and and it didn't. It happened everywhere. Every single one of us, or you, if you're listening, was guilty of that. I mean, that was it. We got a shot at the championship, uh, a really legit shot. This could be crazy good, and it it probably could have been crazy good, if not for those upstarts the year before. And then that injury, it just dismantled everything so quickly. And um, I I like being in this position where it's like there's enough talent on the team to win a championship. It's just has a talent gotten to the point where they need to be? Do they have the depth? Do they have the roster balance? Do they have the coaching? Do they have the kind of leadership that they need in Brad Stevens higher up the channel to manage these personalities because you just described the nightmare scenario, looking for a new home because you know what happens in the NBA nowadays? 
everybody is either 100% happy because they think somebody might come to their home and make that the super team or they're unhappy and they're looking for a new home to create a super team with. And, you know, that's where all of that Carl Anthony Towns talk comes from. It's where all the Simmons talk comes from. Well, I'll back up on that a little bit. He's getting a lot of disrespect right now. I mean, I, does he not shoot well? Yes. There are definitely limitations to his game. They were super exposed in the postseason, but he's just getting lambasted right now. Like they've actually made him like, and somehow the media hype machine has said that he's got no value. <laughs> and, you know, or that's the new spin, right? Like because he doesn't have the jump shot, he doesn't do anything well. And uh, you can't win with Ben Simmons is the new narrative right now. And no wonder he's frustrated, dude. And and do I want to trade for him? No, I don't think that he's what this team needs necessarily. But he's a passer. He's a playmaker. He's got height. Um, If you had the right shooting around him, you know, if you had the right pieces around him, I think he could be a lot more effective. That's for sure. And he definitely has plenty of value. It's just, of course, he's going to look for a new home now. Yeah, but what that is, I think a lot of it is there are people out there who put expectations on him and on the Sixers from the jump. That first year when he won Rookie of the Year, um, (laughs) they wanted it overnight. Yeah, they, they wanted they, it overnight. They won. Remember, let's remember this. They won. They started slow. They won a whole bunch of games right near the end of the season. And everyone thought, oh, these, this team is so good and they're going to be tough to stop. Can you believe how good these 2017 Sixers are? And and the truth is you saw that was where, you know, <laughs> you know, basically where he got called out as a coward. Uh, because he wouldn't shoot threes, and it's stuck ever since then. Now, put it on him. Hey, hey, Ben Simmons, you might want to actually uh, figure change. out how to shoot threes. Right, right, exactly. But but the the narrative stuff that you're talking about, a hundred percent right on, because it's people who are upset that they put expectations on him that he was not ready to fulfill Fulfill, he was not as good as they said he was at that point and maybe that fed the beast a little bit and prevented him from maybe made him think he was better than he was but regardless now what we have is oh well yeah he can't do anything but look we've been consistent i'm not true it's somewhere in the middle yeah and i remember we were like this guy was how can he qualify for rookie of the year remember how much time we spent on that yeah. Like he shouldn't qualify, Crazy. shouldn't right. qualify. Donovan and, Mitchell uh, should have been rookie of the year that year. Right. Yep. Full stop. That's it. You know, and that's, and, and that's, but, but if he, so <laughs> that, this is the thing, this media narrative thing that kind of drives me crazy because it's like, there's been a lot of talk about like, well, uh, shouldn't, uh, you know, shouldn't Luca be like a top five guy. And and I think Luca is a, is a really, really good player. And I think he will be a top five guy. I think he will be an MVP in this league. I think he's going to be, you know, really, really good. But, you know, uh, but like the idea that somehow out there that he should, um, you know, overcome guys who've been playing the league 10 years. Like Kevin Durant the deal. is they amazing. Don't have... And he plays at both ends. And yeah. the league is becoming like so much of it is, well, he will be good, but instead of he is good. And that dis- difference in terms of how 
guys are portrayed and and you know what's marketable and all that. The uh, hype the on him, the it's hype the, on Trey it, Young, it's, it's way ahead Jordan, of where they actually are. But because they're looking for something that they don't have. It went from Jordan to Kobe yep. to LeBron, and they don't have anybody. There, there's a gap. They don't like. They kind of wanted to be Giannis, but it's not Giannis. They kind, you know, it, it. They don't have. I'd say it was. I'd say Giannis was in that. And that, now no, that's who they wanted. Right. Well, he's graduated, but I don't. I don't. He doesn't have the same draw. Right. And that's the problem. He doesn't have the same draw and the same marketability. Right. So like there's like Kyrie is selling the crap out of shoes, but he can't keep his head straight enough to be the guy. Right. And Giannis is a great baller. And, you know, he's definitely got the crunch time ability, but he's got holes in his game and he doesn't have the following that Kyrie has. So he's not the next guy. They they really just don't have the next I, I, I'll say it this way the next idiot savant of basketball the far and away who has all the ability to say the right things in front of the media who can sell a crazy amount of shoes who does things that nobody else has ever done um, or at least appear that way enough that the media doesn't sound like a bunch of liars because they have a down year you know I mean LeBron got criticism. But remember, the whole thing with him was, you know, he's like a power forward who plays like a guard. And so who is that size that has the ability to do all those point guard like things? And and, you know, Kobe was just a, you know, ice in his veins, killer, you know, scorer. And, you know, maybe you'd want like a Devin Booker to fit into this role, you know, or maybe you want. But. They really nobody's established themselves. <clears throat> there's a major gap. And so when there's a gap, I think that's when the media starts looking for somebody and they do these things. Right. They anoint the next star so they can say, I you heard it here first. Ben Simmons, you know, and, and this team and they're, you know, like they're just mm-hmm. trying. And then when these players don't become this other world, like <laughs> they're still great. They're just not the greatest or they're not the greatest of their time, it's time to tear them down. And right. and that's the other thing that we do. Once they win, like Giannis, great. We're so glad that Giannis won. If he repeats, that's it. Oh. He's the enemy. We hate him. It's time to right. take down the machine. Right. <laughs> you well, know? And look at Kobe, right? So, I mean, Kobe was sainted. Kobe was goaded. I mean, everyone was like, he's the he's the best. And, you know, everyone loved Kobe, right? Then he ran. Into, then things fall, fell apart between him and Shaq in L.A. They stopped winning, uh, and then he had some legal troubles that we all know about. And then he was not—he was not that guy that everyone loved anymore. And there was a lot of, you know, nastiness. I mean, there was still a lot of over-the-top love. Let's not let's not kid ourselves here. Yeah, January thirty-first. Keep going. Just skip right. It. Right, but I mean, right, and that was almost the end, though. Honestly, like mm-hmm. that was the end was. of that period where he ended that season. He almost got traded from the Lakers, and then the the, the script flipped because there was a good team around him, and then he finished his career as the renewed Kobe, the Kobe that could win, the Kobe that almost shot them out of winning the 2010 championship, mind you. But you know, it, it 
the script flipped on him. And then, you know, obviously we know how that story ended. You know, it's it's such a, a strange thing. LeBron went through hell for 10 years. You know, some of it's his own choosing, some of it's his own makeup and personality. But he was he was a great player. He wasn't as great maybe as everyone said he was. You know, I think there were players who were better than him in 03, 04, 05, 06, 07, you know, and then things obviously started to take off in 08, 09. But it's just it seems like the media narrative gets ahead of where the player is more often than not. You know, I think the media narrative on Giannis, for example, was ahead of where he was as a player. Yeah. This is the year he should have won MVP. <laughs> you know, this 100%. is the year he was more complete as a player. Yeah, he's more clutch shooting from outside even. Absolutely. And that's the thing that kind of drives me crazy. And, and I think Ben Simmons is kind of running up against that. Look, he he – to shoot like an hour, like two or four shots over like like the last three fourth quarters or something of those playoff games, like it's insane. Like there is no way your second best player should be in that position. There's a lot more going on up there that needs to be dealt with, um, and that's not a Brett Brown problem. It's not a Doc Rivers problem. It's a Ben Simmons problem. It's been a Ben Simmons problem the whole time. He's got to figure out. He's got to grow up as a player, but. It's not his fault that every Tom, Dick, and Harry out there was like, oh, Tom, Bill Simmons, <laughs> speaking of, you know, oh, I think he's the best defensive player in the league. Uh, you know, I think he's like magic. What does that do to Except him? Except for the shooting, dude. It's Except like, come on. Zero shooting. Right, exactly. So it's like we just we want to anoint these guys before they're ready to actually be anointed. Um, you know, and, and I think some guys just get that treatment. Some guys get that. You know, Trey Young is getting that treatment for some reason right now. Um, you know, uh, it's it's like it's a little absurd to me. But, you know, if Trey Young has some hard times, gets knocked down and then starts to win, guess what? He'll be back to being respected and appreciated. It's just it's it's a it's a funny thing that we get tired of it. Like you were saying, they get tired of kind of the story. Um, and so Ben Simmons now is in a spot where. Perhaps his his value is is undervalued, perhaps, um, but he is a tough fit from a from team perspective, right? Like you, a guy, a ball handling power forward who can't shoot from the outside. <laughs> he's so Antoine Walker at the five. He, he's that's Antoine, a hard fit. He's Antoine Walker if you traded shooting for passing. <laughs> I mean, if you really think about it, he's that oversized and. Well, no, you're right. Never mind. I take it totally off the table. Offensively, that's the case, but you're right. Defensively, Antoine's a sieve. <laughs> Never mind. Um, Wait, do you see a value? There's been talk. Do you see value of him being here? I mean, for do you see any way in which? You yes, but not not. I don't. There's no way that a deal happens because you'd be an idiot to trade Brown or Tatum, and I don't think Philly would take what's left. And that's that's the bottom line. It's just the deal ain't getting done. Uh, there's no way to do it uh, that makes sense. I mean, he's he's a talent, but I would I and I'm sure there are people out there that would be willing to trade Jalen Brown. I just don't think that Brad is one of them. Um, the character piece, like if there is a head issue with Ben Simmons, why would you trade somebody who's so sound in the head for somebody who's not? 
and somebody who is willing like to defer just the same as Ben and play strong defense. Like, what are you really going to gain? I mean, you're just what you're going to end up having is a lot of confusion about who's setting up the offense instead. And they could use a playmaker. Don't get me wrong. But then you take somebody like Jalen off and you're going to run into the same issues with this team that Philly did, which is, you know, are there enough shooters to make Ben, you know, truly a potent offensive weapon? Because you, 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 you're going to need more. I mean, there's some decent shooting on this team, but I mean, come on, Jalen is you got to have you got to have Jalen and Tatum to make Simmons work. And that's probably what's really going on that's wrong in Philly is they don't have a third. They've tried to do the bargain shopping for the third player. You know, they tried, you know, they kind of overpaid Al Horford. Maybe he'll kind of fit in as the third player. And he's a guy who's willing to move the ball. So maybe it'll space out. Nope. Too much of a glut in the, in the front court, right? You know, they had, um, oh, what's the power forwards name that they had? It was still too much, but he was at Orlando. Um, about Tobias Harris. Yeah. Tobias Harris. Right. But he's, you know, he's not a legit number three, like on a super team, number three, you know, they would have to go get Bradley Beal. They would have to go get somebody, probably not towns. I think that would make that so much, it'd still make it congested, even though towns can shoot, you know, but, but that's the crux that both teams are in to really add that third superstar, you know, you got a lot of different moving pieces. Boston is definitely in a position if they wanted to like give Philly a crap ton of picks, and that's how bad this media machine devalues a Ben Simmons. It's probably possible. You're definitely giving up Marcus Smart. Um, you're definitely giving up future picks. You're probably going to have to give up, you know, Neesmith. You know, you're you're going to gut some of the depth of this team for certain, um, not just for salaries, but because you have to overcompensate for the, for what you're not giving them, which is somebody of truly equal value. Yeah, you know, I think I think there are places that it fits, and and Philly, I think you're right that fit is the issue. I mean, I think the the, the biggest issue is that the guy ahead of him. There there are very few teams that have a guy ahead of him who are going to be, you know, around the block. That's that's where Embiid's got to work, you know. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's great that he can step out, but that's not where you want him most of the time. And and even even if you send him to Minnesota, you know, but at least it's it's a little bit more di- it's a little different. And Cat is a little bit more of a rangier guy than than a seven foot two. No, they need a legit Embiid. shooting guard. They need a legit dangerous shooting guard. Ben can move the ball, right? But they just mm-hmm. they need a guy. Who can knock down clutch shots? Who plays the guard position? Who allows Simmons and Embiid to play in and out and in and out? Because that person has to, you know, again, like a Bradley Beal would be, you know, might fix a lot of problems in Philly, you know. And um, I just don't think that there's a way with those two, though. I mean, I think that's the issue. You can't have two guys in the post anymore. That's I think that's the problem is like you, you there's no there's no driving lanes there's no like if you have a dunker spot and a guy at foul even foul line extent you know around the elbows like even that is too clogged in today's league you know I'm not even sure Bradley Beal fixes it as good of a shooter and and a cutter as he is 
And he would be great with a guy like Ben Simmons because he could find him as a cutter. I, I just don't – I think the issue is, is the Embiid fit, less so than the rest of the pieces. I think mm-hmm. they can help. But Embiid is. But more then, who is he Embiid. ideally paired with? I mean, ideally, you would have somebody like Embiid who can step out and shoot, and then also be a force underneath. So, I think you need less of a shooter in that position, though. I think, I mean, more of a shooter. And oh, you're, you're saying he bet he does better with a Rob Williams, and then you have another really solid guard and bra- shooting guard, like not shooting yeah. guard, but like like. The J.J. Redick role, right, that spaces it, and then you have the Bradley Beal who does it all, and then Ben makes those pieces work, and you've got really more of a a rangy, defensive-oriented center who can come out and set things up at the top because they're also a decent enough of a passer that the offense can initiate with them in that Princeton style. Yeah, I can see that. Or even, dare I say, Al Horford. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because you know he is a shooter passer who you know and and you could see how that could work i just don't see so they how should have signed the horford and then traded to Embiid. <laughs> <laughs> said nobody in philly ever ever <laughs> but i'm telling you i just in terms of fit i you know it, they should have moved on from simmons earlier for something when his his value is higher now his his value I don't think it's quite the tank as everyone wants to portray it to be, but I don't think it's great. You know, I don't think they're not going to get Lillard. I don't even know if they're going to get a, a, a CJ McCollum out of this, you know, and that's. Yeah, honestly, that's the tough. only way to save it is to trade Embiid because, you know, they could get enormous value out of it and then yeah. roll the dice and make Ben feel better about it. You know, but then Ben probably wouldn't feel better about it because he'd be losing Embiid, who he does like. Right. All right. Well, you know what? I'm going to spin this in a different fashion since we got one more show before we have something really concrete to talk about with the Celtics. But I'm going to tie this back to the Celtics. First, though, we're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on on. As teams are back on for another football season, I needed a reset too, but I'm back and better than ever. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. And receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our trusty, reliable promo code. The one you've all gotten comfortable with. You've heard us talk about it before. Promo code CLNS50 is back, baby. So put that in there. Use your promo code and get your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. I got a new tagline, but we got our promo code back. That's right. CLNS50 for your 50% sign-on bonus. Love saying that. (laughs) Welcome. 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 All right, so... The scenario that we just described with Ben Simmons and Philly, right? If that happens in Boston, 
who does it happen to and and why who turns who who gets turned on as a prominent player in Boston in the same way as Simmons who starts who doesn't meet the expectation and then everybody starts picking away and picking away and picking away until they're basically devalued and run out of town who does who on this roster heading into next season is the candidate most likely to get you know scapegoated that way I think there's only two options, potential options. Just because there's only two major players the same way? Yeah. I don't think anybody else. I don't. I do. I don't think you scapegoat anybody else. I mean. No, you do. All right. You know who it is. Okay. All right. Go go ahead. Go down your road. Who do you you think I was going to say? I think you're going to say smart. Yeah. A hundred percent smart. hundred percent. Now, um. So Brown was the obvious choice, right? I mean, I thought so. Yeah, yeah. Brown Brown was the obvious choice because, you know, he's the guy that everybody kind of goes, oh, he could just be. But he continues to improve. He's headstrong. I think he'll navigate it. And um, I could see the media kind of turning on him the way they've turned on Ben Simmons for sure. You know, um, uh, but I. But I think he's done enough with like the players union and, you know, kind of his interest in, you know, um, the, the focus on, you know, social justice and everything else that's going on right now. And really the NBA is super propped up on all of that. I think the media, he's almost, he's almost prevented it from happening, not because that was his intent, but he's almost prevented it by happening. Uh, from happening because of everything that he's done. You know, it's a real bad look for the media to start cutting him down right now with, you know, his willingness to basically hop in his car and drive down to Atlanta and, you know, all of the things that he has to say about society and the way he meters it too. Like he's not, he's not uh, foolish with his words. He doesn't really set himself up for being dissected too much. And okay, so, we know you love Jalen Brown. All right, we got, it. we got it. We got it. I'm just saying, I don't <laughs> see, I don't see it happening to him. At least not right now. I think it could happen in several years if he starts taking a nosedive, you know, and, and not fitting with the team. But the reason it's smart is because Smart's in a position where he's kind of having having to direct to this offense. Okay, so that's what he has in, in uh, comparison to Ben Simmons. He has to direct the offense. We see him as a distributor, but he's also somebody who sometimes shoots ill-advised shots or doesn't, you know, he's got the clutch in him, but for every clutch moment he has, he's got, you know, some consequences to over, you know, he overshoots. He over tries to make something happen, right? So that's where the criticism can start piling on. Um, Maybe not similar to Ben Simmons, but he's also been seen as sort of like the more vocal, inspirational leader. And, you know, he kind of takes the team's success on his shoulders at this point because they've got nobody else to thrust that on who is as vocal, right? Like we kind of had that on Kyrie and even Gordon Hayward to an extent. And I think Kemba Walker was brought in because he had the fortitude to take that on. And then he was scapegoated and now he's gone. So there's no scapegoat. And I think it really, all we've talked about in, in smart Marcus smarts tenure is that if you were to compare him, if anybody on this team since KG was traded to the Nets got compared to KG, it was Marcus Smart. And that's really the void 
that I think this market won't like we want another KG so bad and they're just like there's only one KG. But that's who we really want to lead this team. Everybody is feeling that void, that powerful, inspirational, do everything, blue collar, grinder. There's only one player that has that. It's smart. But if he comes up short and that expectation has been thrust on him all this time and now he's finally got the keys, he's the starting point guard, he's supposed to make it happen. If he falls short, he will fall victim to a similar but not same and not necessarily at the same level circumstance that has befallen Ben Simmons in Philadelphia right now. That's my argument. I, I think you're right in terms of I think he's the most like I don't think you could put him as you said, I don't think you could put him on that on that same um level, certainly as Ben Simmons, because the ex because of what we talked about in terms of the expectations as a player and what people are putting him and putting him in the same breath as Magic Johnson. You know, no one's ever done that with Marcus Smart, but I I think you're right that the level of expectation and um you know, before he signed the extension, there was a lot of like, do we even want this guy back here? Do we even want him here? Uh, and the first time that he goes, you know, one for 14 um, or, or you know, 0 for 8 from 3 <laughs> and the Celtics lose a close one, everyone's going to be up his, you know, you know what about it. And it's just it's stupid. It's it's kind of stupid because you got to look at the bigger picture. And when you see things like, you know, Marcus Smart has a higher shooting percentage from three than like <laughs> Trey Young and Luca and all these other guys. It's like, you know, maybe we need to like take a breath about what Marcus Smart means and, and what his um, what his volume shooting actually does for the team. But uh, I, I, I see what you're saying, though. I, I think you're right. I think that there is. Um, the possibility of that in the in the in the air, I guess. Um, if it were a high school yearbook, I think the award would be most likely to get run out of town. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think he will be. You know, like I don't think. I mean, could he be part of a deal to get Bradley Beal here? Yeah, absolutely. Or, yeah, but that's or, not being run out of town. That's, that's not run out of town, right? Doing what Brad has to do as the you know, leader of the franchise and the director of all things roster construction. So mm-hmm. that's I just different. don't, I just don't see. I don't see smart ever saying I want to be traded. That's the, that's the real well, difference, right? Right. I mean, that's he right. loves Boston and he professes it and he gives the team a rebate on his contract instead of going to market to prove his value. So that's, you know, that's where, but, but, you know, that's where that whole piece ha- would have to come in. Like they'd have to run him out of town. They'd have to make him so upset that he's here. They'd have to turn on him really bad that he regrets doing those things, you know, and it could happen because he did kind of like extend and bargain and not go to the market to see what his true value is. And so sure. if, if all of a sudden he's made uncomfortable for being here and they don't respect you know, those kinds of choices and the fact that he fits the personality, you know, of the region, if they turn on him that way, you could see him sour pretty fast and be like, you know what? Screw you guys. You know, I gave everything. And and he is that kind of a passionate dude that I, you know, I don't, again, I'm with you. I don't think it would happen. But if it happens to anybody, I think it's he's the most vulnerable for it to happen. Sure. to. 
Sure. No, I, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I just don't think it's likely, you know, I mean, I think it's, it's possible that, that, that he's a bit scapegoated. I just, it's, um, the level of like vitriol and, you know, distaste, I guess, that's aimed towards Ben Simmons out of this is is just well it's, it's another level it's it's, it's it is another level with with smart too locally but as you said ben's is it's it's league wide it's you know shoot a three coward you know four years later on and everyone finally figuring out that you know jack michael and all those guys were right uh, he, this guy is just not not what, his game it's not, not his game was. yeah so let me ask you this um uh, it's not really an over under, but it's the best way to put it, right? Yeah. You, you know, in terms of standings, because we're gonna be all fluff, so I'm gonna get, you know, I'm gonna weave my little negativity to get it out of the system before we get okay. started, right? So, you know, we, you know, but then, but then we're gonna be back to reality when the games are really going and we start watching. You know, I think Jeff Clark always loved to say, you know, about a fifth of the way into the season, you know, so right around that 20 game mark, you know, early to mid December, take a look. And I think we know what this team is, you know, and what they're capable of. And they might make, they might go on a run, but we all got a pretty good idea of what to expect for the rest of the season and what their playoff potential looks like barring trade. So where is the line in the standings? You know, it's not really an over under bet. Where is the line in the standings so that all of a sudden the team goes from, yeah, they're about where we expected them to be or, you know, I think this team is better than their record. You know, all those kind of, you know, common narratives to where they fall below the line and it's disappointmentville and the fan base is disgruntled Man. and the media is like, you really Man. are. You really are on a negative bender on this, aren't you? Yeah, because we'll be all Sheesh. fluffy next week, dude. We're going to be – you know how it's going to be. You Man. know how it's going to be next week. I know it's we spent all like, last ah. year being negative, though. Like, shouldn't we start now? I don't know. All right. Well, I'll go down no, the no, road. No, we'll just, we'll just – I'm just saying, like, we're going to talk about how, just like you said, we're going to talk about how awesome they are and how they're going to overachieve. And we're going to do that for like two months. And yeah. I just want to be a realist one last time before, okay. you know, I all go right. into the honeymoon phase. That's all. <laughs> so, but, I, but it really, it's in the same vein. It's like, where's the turning point when everybody all of a sudden, you know, isn't supporting the team and they're not behind it and they don't. They don't believe in them anymore and they're, you know, because I mean, look, I think I'm going to love this season no matter what, because I'm going to enjoy watching games more than I did last year. I mean, it was a grind, you know, I'm going to be so excited to be able to watch just because the rosters balance better. It's right. just going to be better basketball guaranteed. Like they yeah. could still come in in the eighth seed and I will enjoy watching games this year more than I did last year, just because of roster construction. Yeah. I don't know what that. I don't know. About okay. Me. Okay. So you just. <laughs> so I we think, know. No, it's, well, it's simple. It's are you are you in the play in or not? That's that's the that's the line right there. Are you in the play on? Are you not in the play in? So so you think that most people will feel good about these Celtics as long as they're in the hunt of the playoffs, even if they're just gonna fight their way into it. Um. 
I think if they're in the middle of the playoff pack, people will be content with the season. Yeah. So six seed or higher, they're okay. Seventh or yeah. lower, and they're yeah. getting four to six. Four to six. If yeah. they're in the play on playoff, the play-in game, I think people will be unhappy. I have the same that. line. Six or below, yeah. or not six, below six. Below six. I, if they're yeah. six or that's exactly where my head was. Top six team in the East. People yeah. will be okay. They'll if they're six, they're going to be like, well, this team's better than their record, or they can be better than their record. They really ought to be in that top four, right at the bottom of that top four. You know, if they really had figured it out quickly and, you know, everybody kind of settles in and follows coaches lead, et cetera, you know, they, they could be, you know, a little overachiever type of team is what people are thinking in their head. But yeah, below the six seed, potentially falling out of the playoffs, you know, if they don't finish strong or getting, knocked out by a lesser seed even if they go into the play in you know that stuff is where people start going what what the heck mm-hmm. um so if they're the sixth seed they play the third seed is that yeah. how that works yeah yeah right so i think they could beat the third seed in the first round of the playoffs i don't yeah. care who it is i think i think they're good enough after this season with the chemistry and the gel i feel like they could definitely take the number three team. Yes, the play-in okay, so, area, those top two could be tough. So, so, and just to you know, be fun about this, I'm looking at you know the average lines of over/unders, right? Tell me if you, who do you think the overall the, I want to say consensus, but the average third team is. Uh, so I think it goes Milwaukee, Brooklyn, and Philly is probably number three. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and and I and I totally agree. They could we just be tied this all right up in a bow, didn't they? that was incidental. I just want you to know I definitely did not steer yeah. us this direction. No, definitely not. Definitely not. I think they could beat Philly. I think yep. they, and I, I think they could beat Miami. I I Oh, is not, that number four? Yeah. Is it consensus Miami number four? four? I'm not worried Boxer about Miami. Five, uh Celtics six. I, I'm not I think the Hawks, they have a lot of talent, but there's I, – I, I'm just not totally a believer in them either. Um, I think the Heat are old. I think they won't play to their – they're going to rest guys. Heat culture. Okay, no, good luck. I'm, I'm with you, dude. I'm, I'm so not, with you. I think they – hey, listen, they underachieved as bad as the Celtics did last year, so why do we just, like, prop them up? Because they came off a championship and they were worn out? I can see that a little bit, but that's really what you're resting that whole thing on. But they did add some pieces. Let's let's be real there, right? They did yeah. add – how far did Toronto fall? Where are they at consensus-wise? I mean, they're, I think, 10th. You know, so, yeah, um, on the outside – yeah, yeah. They're on the playoff bubble. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Six. Nine. Hornets, 10. Raptors, 11. Excuse me. Raptors, 11. Okay. So over yeah. under. About they're still on the five. bubble, but they're on the outside of the bubble. Yeah. Yeah. Wizards further down. Um, yeah. So. Okay. So who do you think? Mm-hmm. Who do you think is the most likely to overachieve? You know, in that below six range. 
In the under, under, so below six. So you're talking. I think the Hornets. Yep. Yes, have a pretty good chance to. You and that. I are on the same page, dude. You know, they're the team that could climb that standings. They're way, they're way better that potentially added, than that. They're pretty deep. Um, yep. You know, if Hayward can play unselfish style, games, yeah, yep. they, they play hard for Borrego. Uh, I I I like them. Um, the Pacers are also kind of sneaky. Um, new coach. Um, you know, that was a team I thought that underachieved last year as well. So. Those are two teams I'd be looking at. Hornets probably more so. Um, mm-hmm. I'd but, like to put I'd like to put some money on the Hornets, you know, and yeah. just and just you know not more money than I'd be willing to lose, but I'd mm-hmm. like to put some money on them coming in higher than that, and then basically I'm betting on Gordon Hayward's health. You go to Bet Online and you do the you do the CLNS fifty to get your bonus too. Would you do that? Yeah, Ask dude. Him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm a, do I get yeah, 50% I, of like two grand? So <laughs> I get a three year, grand bet on the Hornets for two grand. I mean, the thi- right, yes. If the Celtics, so let's say the Celtics, let's say the Sixers slide back. They say they don't, they don't make that deal they need to make for Simmons, right? The Celtics slide up to three, okay, which means they'd be playing probably the Bucks in the second round because I don't see any way the Nets aren't the number one seed, honestly, unless yeah. barring injury, I suppose. Or uh, Kyrie retiring? No, he's not going to yeah. retire unless they trade him. Was the condition right? But if you can, if you can get to that three six two, th- you know two three three six, that's that's a that's a spot. And and with where you get Harden and Kyrie and Durant, I feel like the longer that team goes, the less effective they'll be. Um, the less likely they'll be healthy. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but as we saw last year, if Durant's the one that's healthy, he might be able to actually carry them without the other two, which is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Still but don't like issues. the guy. The thing is, though, there, there, absolutely. There are issues, though, that crop up with those two guys being out there because only one guy can have the ball in their hands. Yeah. So, yes, you overplay to that one person, but defensively, there are issues with having Kyrie and and Harden out there that that you wouldn't have when you have uh, Bruce Brown and, um, you know, (laughs) Timothy (laughs) uh, Cabro Luau. Um, You know, you're... I don't know, whatever. Oh, dude, that was classic. You know who wouldn't make that mistake? Tommy Heinsohn. Not Tommy. (laughs) Mike. Yeah. Damn right Mike wouldn't make that mistake. That's right. But but there's I I think that there's a there's a good situation there. And I think the other piece that going into these all these win losses things is that there's a trade market for certain teams and not for other teams. So the Celtics once these contracts kind of work their way through and, and the the period after which they can be traded, the Celtics yeah, it's, are among it's a January us. timeline, right? For yeah. Most part, Mid-January by they're all cleared up. Yeah, exactly. But they've they've got the the Evan Fournier TPE money. They've got, you know, we're going to see what's going to happen here. This Bradley Beal thing, obviously, it's gonna, we're going to be so sick of hearing the name Bradley Beal. I mean, it's going to be obnoxious at this point. But there's Bradley Beal, and then you got Zach Levine, and now you've, is, Cat. you have Cat. Cat. 
is he is that going to happen? Um, is he like ready to go? I mean, I think that's a little bit harder to see because they're working so hard to build a winner. I don't know that that's a direction they'd go in, but what Carl Anthony Towns or any of it? I, I'm saying that the Timberwolves, I think, are less likely oh. to, to like take back assets that you know aren't going to immediately lead to them winning. Um, and the Celtics are going to want to make a deal that would lead them to winning. But, um, you know, we know Cedric Maxwell has been singing the praises of the cat and thinking he's the guy to come here. It would and, be a really cool mix if you could keep Brown and Tatum and get him. Right. I don't. That, see and again, it's like the Simmons thing. There's, you know what I mean? Like, there's no point in doing it if you can't keep those two. And the other team is unlikely to do the deal without one of those two. I mean, it's going to be the constant conversation. Beal is, you know, really the one for a midseason trade anyway that yeah. makes the most sense because he's the most likely to go. And, and you know, Washington would be looking to, you know, full on rebuild. They're not, to your point, really the trying only- to make a run. The only thing about that that makes sense is that if you did trade Brown for Cat, you would want to hold on to enough other assets to turn into players who you could use to get the third star. You know what I mean? So if the idea is you need a third star and you can't use Brown, if Brown is traded for a different star, then you have to get a third star. Right. It's a lot of moving pieces around the board. In the middle of the season, which means you're right. punting again to the following season and you're disrupting well, chemistry potentially. So I, I don't yeah. – yeah, I don't – what I like about Towns is, yeah. you know, what I really like is the 2-3-4 potential mm-hmm. of Brown, Tatum back to the three and Towns at the four. I mean, you could put Peyton Pritchard, and you could put. You love playing those guys Horford. at two and three. There is nothing you like more. Yeah. Other than Jalen Brown. Yeah. There is nothing you like more than playing those guys at two and three. Size. That they're is fast your, enough. That they're is fast it. enough to do it, and I want. I want the size. <laughs> and but the thing is, is Towns is a good enough shooter that you can pull it off. I mean, that's always been the hiccup. That you want somebody at the four who's and I mean Tatum's only getting stronger, but he ain't getting slower. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, I just, I don't think that's. I mean, I will say we are moving to a league that is trying to yin to the yang a little bit now, where you are seeing more bigs out there, um, you know, at the four spot where they're trying to like, you know, and I think that's partly yeah, why they're just shifting to- against the grain so they have something that can beat other teams again. But- but I'll say, at least for the Celtics over the last four or five years, they've looked the best not with a double big. They've looked their best with a guy like Markeith Morris or, of course, Tatum at the four spot. So it may work. It may I guess work. the question. I guess a, but it, it hasn't work, worked. It would work with Rob. I don't know that it would work with Horford as much. But I think it would work with Rob because he's kind of in that situational role player skill set that would then and he can move around and he can still rotate and, you know, he can, you know, definitely 
come all the way out and close out and he, you know, he moves the ball and you could have somebody even like if you had to trade smart, you could have somebody like Pritchard direct an offense like that because it would be a very limited requirement there. The only thing you would really get killed on is defense. But if you had Brown Tatum and cat at the two, three, four with Rob at the five, I mean, I don't think you would really suffer that much with Peyton Pritchard you know, on the defensive side, because you wouldn't suffer from a lack of effort. You would just suffer from a little bit of a size issue on a potential mismatch. But with all that length at the remaining length and range at those remaining positions, you could easily cover up any of that. Like you're not going to beat the Celtics with Peyton Pritchard, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Carl Anthony Towns, and Rob Williams simply by posting Peyton Pritchard up. <laughs> like that's not no. that's not going to no. get that's not the Achilles heel. So you but could totally to lose, pull that out. You're going to have to lose at least one of Rob Williams or or Jalen Brown to make yeah. a deal like that happen. Yeah. That's yeah, I mean I that's the problem. Right. I think you're you right. Know. I don't think you. Could. Um, but but the I think that you know. If he is available, and that's a big if. I don't even think that's a – I don't think we have a sense of, of whether that's even the case. But if he was available, um, I do think he's a guy that you that you try for. I guess it's a question of how much you know what Brett what, – what does Jason Tatum want? <laughs> because right. if you're going to use your ass – We already that, know the answer to that, dude. That question <laughs> – that's answered. Right? Yeah. It, well, it, it's Beal. Either it is or it isn't. You know, it, it, he's going to know if he's if he's leaving or staying. So if he's leaving, I would assume if anybody's got an idea of that answer, it's Jason Tatum right now. Yeah. And the second person who knows about that is probably would hope Brad Stevens. So if that happens, then you know maybe we've got something. Um, but uh, apart from that, if the Celtics did make a move for for Cat. I got a pretty pretty strong suspicion that means there was never going to be a Bradley Beal here in Boston. Right. You know? Yeah. Agreed. All right. Well, guess what? We're just days away. We'll be back after media day, I'm sure, next week. And we will uh, we will be in full on optimism and excitement and uh, over projecting their performance for this season. We'll, by the end of the preseason, we will have our you know, our picks, you know, or not our picks, but our win estimates. And we'll talk about how far we think they can make it in the playoffs after we've seen this team, you know, in some preseason games. We'll do all the things that we normally do. We'll have a lot of fun doing it and uh, just really appreciate everybody. Uh, as a reminder, you can follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter at CSL underscore tweet live. You can follow John at CSL underscore Duke. I'm at CSL underscore justin and uh heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in on behalf of the clns media founder nick gelso my co-host john duke i'm justin pool and thanks for listening to this final off-season edition of celtic stuff live